Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Taping this on a Thursday, day before Padres begin a three-game series and a five-game road trip. Three-game series in Colorado against the Rockies. Dave Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. I'm Kevin Acey. I'm back, Kevin. Did you miss me? I know. Oh, my gosh. You know, you don't even have to ask. Listen, Jay, what? Okay, I know you're always watching. I know you saw some other games, but you're always watching the Padres. What do you think of uh, what stood out while you were gone? What stood out with the Padres? I guess the first thing that stood out was Kirby Yates Mm -hmm. blowing the first two games Mm -hmm. of the series against the Dodgers. Yep. And the, the bullpen in general, it seemed like. And again, yep. I, I was I was in the Eastern Time Zone for this trip that I was on, so it's it's it is really difficult sometimes to keep up with uh, with some of these games. Friday and Saturday games against the Dodgers, yep. they had leads, blew them with Yates, I guess, giving up the ultimate uh, winning runs in both of those games. Sunday, it was great. I got to I got to my hotel in Cleveland and checked in and said, oh, I should check the Padres score and see if they're still playing. And it said Hunter Renfro was up with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. So I quickly got it on my phone, and the only two pitches I saw in the game were the two pitches <laughs> to Hunter Renfro. It was, uh, that, was, that was like the perfect, the perfect uh, anecdote for, for, the, uh, for our society now where you don't want to watch the whole game, just watch what matters. So there it was. I saw two pitches, and it mattered. Monday night, I stayed up late, and that was impressive, by the way. I mean, that was a big win. If you can have a big win in May, that was important to come back, beat the Dodgers, Mm -hmm. don't get swept, all that kind of stuff. Monday, stayed up late, wasn't going to miss Paddock and DeGrom. Uh, Was well worth it. Great, great game. Again, Hunter Renfro for the Padres. Paddock was phenomenal. So was DeGrom, but Paddock was even better. So I, I saw that. Don't think I saw any of Tuesday and was on a plane yesterday, so uh, missed out on the last couple of games. Uh, So what did I – I missed another Hunter Renfro uh, moment yesterday, right? Yeah, seventh-inning home run yesterday, and and I think that – you know, look, I I think that they have their two corner outfielders, at least for now. Hunter Renfro, last half of last season, uh, or most of the second half, and – and Fran Mill Reyes in the second half, and then Fran Mill Reyes. I know they're sold out on, on Fran Mill Reyes, and mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro is going to keep in in that lineup. So I think the question is, Will Myers and, and Hedwell Margot, which one of them hitting? Uh, you know, Margot's going to play some center field, at least two of those games in Colorado with that massive outfield. Right. But I think Hunter is establishing himself. So what I does that mean? You. So what does that mean for the eighty-one million dollars <laughs> that they are? Uh, of course, they've already paid some of it. But what does it mean for the eighty-one million dollar man? Will Myers, you put him in center field, and it hurts your defense. And if he does, although I will say I, I, am not as sold on Margot defensively as I thought I would be at this point. I mean, he's he's good. Obviously, he's better mm-hmm. than Myers. But there you go. Am I am I crazy to think that no. he's not really an elite center fielder? Nope. Okay. Nope. Uh, okay. No, Travis Jankowski is. Um, yeah. And, but but they don't Travis again. Uh, hurt and then you know the, the hitting uh, comes and goes. We'll see when he comes back. But but no. But that's exactly what it is. He is better than Will Myers. You're, you're, you know, Will can make the routine look you know wild. Will can make the spectacular play. Mm-hmm. You probably think Manuel Margot is going to more. Um, Will obviously can go on tears. 
And over the course of the season, you, you expect he's going to be a much better hitter than Manuel Margot. But I think that's an issue that you have there, but it's an issue in particular, and I guess it's a good thing if Hunter Renfro is performing. But I would going forward, I just think you're going to see Hunter in there as long as he keeps hitting. You can't keep him out of the lineup. It's, that's just, you can't do it. Right. Um, I mean, we talked about that before. I mean, he's the guy that it's hard to keep out of the lineup. I mean, the 26 homers last year and the the rising to the occasion, you know, with the big home runs um, in the past week. He just seems like the kind of guy it it, it is it's hard not to put him on the lineup card and I and I'm sure that that that's something the Padres and Andy Green are are, you know, learning yet again this year that what do we do? You know, we're struggling to score runs. We we need a guy who can step up and and get a big hit and right now he seems like you know, that kind of guy. And they're counting on that Manny Machado will be that guy. Not to say that he hasn't had a few, but look, so far, Manny Machado is not living up to the $30 million. But that's something that needs to be pointed out as well as it needs to be pointed out that we just got into May. Right, and and he's been, I mean, he's been better than I had imagined he would be, you know, not watching him often, better than I imagined he would be defensively. Oh yeah. I mean he's oh, a, yeah. he's a gold glover at two position yeah two positions. There aren't a lot of guys that could play two infield positions and and you could give him a gold glove at both of them and and you would, nobody would go, "Oh, that's a terrible decision." I mean he may not win one. I mean with a guy like Arenado at third, I don't put much stock in gold gloves anyway or all-star appearances or all that kind of stuff. To me, he's a gold glove quality third baseman and shortstop. That's what I base it on, not who wins you know who might win the, a particular award or not, uh, and offensively Absolutely. so offensively so far, he's been a little bit of a disappointment. I, I don't think that anybody would uh, deny that. I mean, obviously the couple big shots against the Dodgers uh, over the weekend, but they're not going to play the Dodgers every game, so uh, he needs to do that against uh, uh, some other teams as well. Now, before you know what, before we uh, talk about uh, his first visit to Coors Field, which hey, that helps a lot of people sometimes. Uh, Let's talk about, you mentioned the bullpen. And to me, the bullpen is a problem in particular because of the limitations on the starting rotation. Which we knew, have, which we, which we knew would happen. Right. We, knew that, that we knew the bullpen would be taxed. But I think, I think we thought, and, I, and I, I, was, I was looking this up because I was looking up some Rockies numbers and I decided to compare to the Padres. Like, for instance, the Rockies rotation has a 5.71 ERA. Their bullpen's at 394. The Padres are the opposite. Their rotation is 3.38. Their bullpen's 4.04. These Rockies numbers, by the way, don't include today's, the game on Thursday as we tape this, where when I came over here to to, to tape this, it was 8-8. Eight to eight. So obviously their numbers are even uh, going to be higher. But the Padres' rotation has been better than anybody thought it could be, and their bullpen has been worse than we thought it would be. And... Whether those t- and the and the young pitchers have probably played a part in that, but let's face it. I mean, they the, some of these guys just haven't pitched as well as we thought they would. I mean, Robert Stock was one of them. Yo know, Yates has been great, but giving up a couple big runs against the Dodgers, you know, takes a little bit of the shine off what he's done, but not much. He's been excellent. Well, it just stands out a little bit because it was the Dodgers, and you know they were big crowds, and you figure the, you count those as quote big games. They all still count the same in the standings. But if we had done this a week ago, we would say Kirby Yates has been phenomenal. It's he's come off of that just a little bit. But I get he looked good yesterday, right? He struck out all three guys, all three outs. I guess not all three guys, all three outs, but all three right, outs. All three outs. He, he had guys at first and second. And right. I'm not convinced that you know there's some time he walks a guy because it's like you know what 
I'm, I'm going to go to the next guy. Sure, That's just sure. how you, you know. And, and the fact is, I would still say Kirby Yates has been phenomenal. And I know that you, you know, you provided the context there. I've, I've uh, just finished writing a story. Whenever you decide that uh, it's going to publish it, it's up to you because you're the boss, as I always say. But it is talking about not just the innings that this bullpen has pitched, but the high stress innings. It, it's no one, no other bullpen in baseball comes close. Or, mm-hmm. You know, in in all the categories that you would say, oh my gosh, Craig Stammen, Kirby Yates, uh, Trey Wingenter, we're putting now uh, Brad Wick in high leverage situations. You got Phil Macon for goodness sake coming in the other day. We're, uh, we're in a tight game with a runner on second base in the sixth inning. Well, all they ever, all they ever have are high leverage situations. It seems That's like exactly just, it. right because just about every, I mean, whenever they win, it's by one or two runs. Yep. So they're they're in those situations all the time. They're just not. So that's an issue. And to me, now I'd love to know what your thought is. You know, you have Jose Castillo, who has been out uh, with the flexor strain. He's just now getting up to 120 feet. I think we're still looking at, I mean, a best-case scenario, him joining the team in mid-June, best-case. Uh, you've got Aaron Loop, who was pitching, you know, pretty well. Left-handed specialist, went down the second week of the season. He's been gone. But Robert Stock, to me, who in the second half of last season pitched to a 1.50 ERA, and was going, you know, from two batters to three innings at a time and throwing 100. They were counting on him. To me, if you had to pick a big blow to this bullpen, it has been it has been him. As big as it was, he's losing the high-level innings of, of, of Jose Castillo, Robert Stock, not being able to throw strikes, screwed this bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be the one, like you said, the one part where you would say the biggest part. I mean, other yeah. guys have have contributed, but but he's certainly he's certainly one of them. And, and I'm, I'm looking at his right. Other I'm, people to pitch. That's true, and I'm looking at his minor yeah. league numbers right now. He's been in El Paso for nine games. He's thrown nine innings, and he's walked eight guys. So that's a problem. That's a pro- That's the problem that he had. He's given up two home runs. He struck out nine. So obviously, again, the stuff is there. But he's still, if he's walking, if he's walking a guy every inning, then it, his stuff is. It, it, he still doesn't have the command that he needs yeah. to have in order to come back up here, let alone be effective. But I mean, they're not even going to call him back up here if he's walking a guy every inning. No, there's no question that that stock hurt them a lot. They haven't really replaced him. You know, there's a lot of people that they've tried in certain spots, and now, but again, when a Wingenter goes down for a little while, you know, that affects everything else. You know, uh-huh. you can't throw Stammen and Yates every single night, and and uh-huh. even if you could, they you know it'd be crazy because you, they're not going to be effective if you have to use them as often as the Padres have had to use them. But at the same time, what are you going to do when you've got a rotation like they have? I mean, you know, Paddock's Paddock and Strom have gone deeper into games recently than uh, probably you know as deep as they could, pretty much, or as you could expect. If if you know Paddock went seven the other night, so I th- I think you're not gonna bl- and and Margavichus is what he is, and you're not gonna look at him for more than five or six. I mean the uh, again Lucchese and Lauer are the guys that you want to see go deeper into games, but you know we've talked about this before. Those guys are not number one and number two starters, and they're not going to be in the future. If you're looking at those guys in your rotation, they're probably more four or five type of of guys from what we've seen. So. It's. I'm just. I'm not sure what the answer is, other than, you know, they need the they need it, the the starters to go deeper. They need the relievers to pitch better. They need when guys come up, they have to pitch better. I mean, I I don't know that it's as easy. Uh, I'm not sure there's an easy answer. I mean, do you see one anywhere? You got to add. You got to add a starter. 
that you uh-huh. do. And maybe that is, you know, Logan Allen comes up and uh, everything's behind him and, and, and Logan Allen is, is as good as Matt Strong or, or whatever. But where are you? So where are you putting Logan Allen, though? I mean, are you going to are you going to start? Then you start to think about well, who are we moving to a long relief role, or are we going to a six man rotation? Right. I'm just saying there's a whole bunch of things that could help. Okay, because at this point, you know who your two innings leaders are, right? Chris Paddock and Matt Strong. Right, and that's that's not <laughs> the way it should be. Limit. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's that's not what they want to look at when they when they look at that. Number they want to see Lucchese and Lauer hmm? up there has to be. But again, I mean these guys, you know, you look and and I I think all five guys have been mostly effective. You know, Lucchese and Lauer have had a, uh, their rocky their rocky moments, but as a rotation they've been pretty effective. But again, the the limits in terms of innings is a hardship for the rest of the you know for the rest of the bullpen. And I guess the answer is they got to keep you know they're going to keep rotating guys up and down yep. from El Paso and find somebody else to be effective. And as long as a guy's effective, use him. And when he becomes ineffective, I guess try somebody else. I actually think that is the plan and has been. It's been evident from the time when they traded for Matt Whistler, right? They start rotating Perdomo and Maton up here. Right. Absolutely. I also think as it gets, we go further on, if they're still you know, in it and they determine that they can do it, you, you will see them in the market to, to add a starter. Let's right. talk now, though, Jay, about this series against Colorado. You, uh, you mentioned here on Thursday what they're knotted up with the – I like that, knotted up. You like knotted up? Knotted up. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> they tied with uh, the Giants in the finale of that series. What, are they playing in the snow? They were. The Rockies of uh... – the Rockies are now ahead. Okay. But they're, they were playing in the snow, right. which was which was kind of, uh, kind of cool to watch. The 39 degrees at first pitch. I can tell you, Kevin – I went to a game in Detroit on Tuesday night, and it was 48 degrees at that game, and it that is really really cold uh, yep. to sit out I there bet. and watch a, watch a baseball game. 39 degrees is obviously colder, so I think Eric I feel Lauer's bad first start for anybody. Was in the 40. What's that? I think Eric Lauer's major league debut was in the 40s. Uh, I'll, I'll check it out, but uh, his debut came at Coors Field, mm-hmm. and he will be pitching tomorrow night against the Rockies. It's Lauer, Lucchese, and Margavichus. Right. This will be interesting because, yeah. you know, there's, uh, all of them, you know, rely on some stuff that we'll see. You know, sometimes it works in Colorado, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, and then Marquez, uh, <laughs> the Rock, Marquez goes oh. tomorrow against Lauer. The Padres missed him uh, on the little two-game visit the Rockies made to Petco. John Gray, who pitched well here, will pitch on Saturday. He's coming off two poor starts in a row. And then Antonio Sensatella, who made his debut here at Petco when the Rockies won those two games. He is pitching on Sunday. He's not had a good start since his good start against the Padres. Rockies have been a weird team. They started 3-12. and Then they won 10 of 12. Then they lost 6 of 9 going into today. So they'll either be 16 and 21 or 17 and 20 when people listen to this, based on whatever happened uh, this afternoon. Looking at some of their numbers, Arenado's back to being Arenado. Charlie Blackman's back pretty much being Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story. Their offense is eighth in the NL in runs, uh, ninth in OPS. But, you know, that's not great considering they play at Coors Field. I was, their, their, OPS is, their, their OPS is about 160 points higher at home. Their pitching at home is allowed an OPS that's 200 points higher than 
on the road. And that, again, going into today, the Thursday game, Rockies ERA at home, 6.73 with an OPS of 884. And both those numbers will be higher when the Padres uh, play there on Friday. So by contrast, the Padres pitchers are basically the same, 698 at home, 681 on the road. So uh, those numbers will probably go up a little bit on the road this weekend. But uh, an interesting – one other stat I wanted to note on the bullpen. I had this on my sheet here. Padres starters have allowed 21 home runs in 205 innings. Padres relievers have allowed 24 home runs in 136 innings. So, obviously, the relievers have had a big problem keeping the ball in the ballpark where the starters have not. We'll see how that holds up at Coors Field this weekend. And, you know, as we wrap it up today, um, it's, a, it's a new phenomenon that we've been experiencing this year and talking about, like, the importance of games and, and, and all that. So when the Rockies were here last time, the Padres had been uh, doing well and the, and the Rockies had not, and that flipped. And that felt to me a lot like how, you know, teams get well against the Padres, right? Right, And now the right. Rockies have gone on and, and have had, you know, since their start, when, what, they came in here four and 12 or something? I don't know. It was, they'd lost like seven of eight. They've, they've evened it out uh, to a large extent, but... I just feel like this is sort of like a big one for the Padres, sort of like winning that third game against the Dodgers was big. Uh, you don't go in and, and uh, lose two of three. You don't go in and get swept by the Rockies here. When, you know, and again, look, teams that win the World Series have uh, a stretch at some point where they lose to the Tigers or uh, you know, have a six-game stretch where they lose to, to the Marlins and the Tigers. But they just feel like, you know, this is another series. The Padres go in and, and they win against the sub-500 team. I, you know, I think that's what they should do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know the Rockies are a sub-500 team. I'm not sure I would consider them in that vein just because <laughs> yeah. of what they probably should be. And at the end of the season, I wouldn't think that they would be. But this is, you know, you've got a stretch of five games here on the road against the Rockies and the Dodgers, the two teams yep. that everybody figured would be the best in the NL West this year. And then you yep. come home and, and play the Pirates and Diamondbacks. I saw the Pirates in person. Uh, at PNC Park last week, beautiful park. They lost fourteen to one to the A's. So, but again, I'm not judging a team based on one game. But the Pirates are not a great team uh, anyway. I mean, I, I think they're around 500, and you know they're somewhat mediocre. We'll talk more about them next week. But but this this week coming up, five five games on the road, two places where the Padres have not played well recently, and against teams they haven't played well against recently. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, we'll run. I guess we'll run through the rotation once uh, in these five games. So Paddock and Strom will, will pitch in L.A. on Tuesday and Wednesday, which will be fun. Uh, which will be fun to see. And uh, we'll we'll get into that more when we do this next week. But this, yeah, this is a a, a good weekend to see what happens. And uh, you know, they won't be in the snow. I think it's supposed to be a little chilly tomorrow, and then warm up for you over the weekend. You know what they say in Denver. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. And, and exactly, I'm sure it'll, uh, I'm sure it'll change. But what did I did I miss anything else? What what's the latest on Fernando Tatis Jr.? I would be, sh- I would be shocked if he is not playing in Los Angeles. As a matter of fact, I think that is like all but a definite. Uh, he's in Arizona, uh, getting some at bats. He can go there and get uh, you know ten at bats today if, uh, if if that's what uh, they, they want him to do. Mm-hmm. I I don't have any indication, but I, I, I guess I'll be surprised if he doesn't join him at some point in Colorado. 
That'd be yeah. That would be uh, that'd be great. I know it's. I don't know that they want to expose him to, you know, really cold weather. But I'm looking. It's yeah. supposed to be probably be in the 50s at game time. Maybe around 60 on Saturday. Sunday's supposed to be a 70 degree day yeah. in Denver. So uh, yeah, that would be great. Obviously to see Tatis back in action. They have been very careful with him. They've acknowledged that. But I'm telling you, the the, the kid is ready to go. <laughs> I saw he was uh, playing you know, basketball in the clubhouse uh, <laughs> was, the other day, wasn't he? Silly, but it was incredible, Jay. Like there was, he used to fall back jumpers. I mean, the kid is the kid is fine. Not to mention that he was too weak to his batting practice the day before. He's just hitting bombs all over the place. So. Right, right. Well, then it sounds like maybe he'll be. Uh, he might even, as you said, show up before Los Angeles. And uh, the sooner the better. It's always better to watch the games when he's he's playing. So we'll, but that'll make, uh, if, if he's coming back for the first time and Paddock is starting on Tuesday, that, that, that makes for uh, some, some good stuff. I, I'm not even sure how, you'll, how we'll be able to, to control you. <laughs> that, that, my, I'm going to have to look into the, like the cost of restraints in the press box at, uh, at Dodger Stadium awesome. if, that, if that happens. That'll be fun. Hey, uh, I appreciate it, Jay. I appreciate you, know, you coming back. I'm, I'm, it's always great to be back, Kevin. You know, it's always great to be back. So. We'll, uh, we'll talk to everybody on uh, Monday or uh, Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everyone. Have a good weekend.